Hi, you're listening to Memory Foam. This is Hiba. Have you ever heard someone tell a story two or three times and noticed that they changed or added a part? Or that their version of the story doesn't exactly match up with yours? While part of that may be embellishment for dramatic effect, another part is just that the way we remember things is totally flexible. Every time we recall or recount a memory, it changes just a little bit, and our already originally skewed and biased perspective on events becomes even more warped. This is exactly what we're interested in highlighting on Memory Foam. We're going to be sharing stories with you that have made the journey from then to now, tainted by personal perspective, clinging to the ghost of absolute fact, purified to reconstructable granules of subconsciously chosen truths, told and retold and retold. Today we have a couple of stories from friends that were once upon a time getting up to all kinds of no good. Their adventures included partying, LARP, a spear, broken windows, a possum, and a pirate-looking dude. I'm not sure what sort of introduction or first impression this will be for the podcast as a whole, but these stories are damn good. And by the way, a warning, this episode includes explicit language and references to recreational drug use. Sorry, Mom. This is about, what, 2009, 2010? We had a nice little rowdy crew going on that night, and it must have been about at least 10 o'clock at night. Uh, Very dark. And... I'm downstairs, I think I'm like actually fixing my washing machine, and uh, Eldred here busts in, and he's like, do you, do you have a board, do you have a spear? And I'm like, no, dude, I don't have a spear. He's like, well, can we make a spear? I'm like, well, yeah, probably, we can probably make a spear. And he starts rummaging around, and within, I, gotta, I gotta give you props, it was very quick. You came up with this, uh, it was a machete, and a bunch of duct tape, and a broom. And he starts taping the uh, machete to the broom. And I'm like, why? What's, what's the big hurry? What's going on, man? And he's like, there's a possum out there. I'm like, so? There's always possums around there. Sometimes the cat hisses at them and they go away. He's like, no, you don't understand, man. It's a fucking primordial beast. I'm like, okay. It's a fucking primordial beast, man. He's like, no, you don't understand. I have to kill it. And I'm like... Okay, okay, you have to kill it. He's like, no, you don't understand, I have to kill it. Okay, so I help him, you know, make the tape on the spear a little bit tighter, and I think this is all a big joke. I feel like, I mean, I've been down there trying to fix the washing machine for like an hour now while everyone else is partying outside, and I have no, I'm not even sure there's a fucking possum. And lo and behold, everyone's egging Eldred on, and he goes out there, you know, and this is like 10 minutes later because he's had to like tell a bunch of people and I think that he had to like ask like, oh where's Nick because apparently I'm the one who has a spear yeah yeah, and, uh, yeah I mean I'm the guy that would apparently You're have the a spear, spear uh, the spear master you might say and so he has to come find me in the basement this possum I gotta say in the Darwinian swing of things 
not that smart. For one thing, it saw Eldred and didn't run away. Second of all, it stayed in the same place literally for ten minutes. It was ten minutes later, and he goes out there with after you know manufacturing a spear in the best caveman tradition, and he's pretty drunk, and he actually goes and just like stabs it to death. There's multiple stab wounds in the body, uh, and I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I didn't really expect you to do that. But, you know what? It's the nature of all life. It's an eternal circle. But if you're going to do that, you better skin the fucker. You better make something out of this life. And so he's like, okay. And everyone's pretty drunk by this point. And I can't honestly remember if it was that night or the next night or the next day, rather. But, yeah, lo and behold, uh, you know wake up in the morning and there's Eldred sawing away with a steak knife at this pasta with no real instructions, you know, no no handbook. Uh, he cuts off the head and he cuts off, you know, the feet and does a fair job of skinning it and um, some, we throw the carcass in the fire. <sighs> Puts the head in the freezer in a plastic bag. Puts the skin in the freezer in a plastic bag saying, okay, I'm going to deal with this later. I'm going to tan it or whatever. I'm like, yeah, whatever, buddy. The code of this story Apart from the fact that it's the fucking primordial beast is something that we say once in a while, because <laughs> it's funny, is that about a year and a half later, uh, we had a pretty bad run of roommates, and the house uh, incurred a lot of damage. It's a rental house, and MG&E cut off our, uh, our power in the summer, and nobody noticed it for several days, because they were all too fucked up or out of town. And... The freezer and refrigerator had to ultimately be taken to the dump. They had to be condemned. And a large part of that was the fact that the possum, you know, skin and flesh and the possum head had been rotting in there for like they three or four days. <laughs> because somebody never actually made, you know, gauntlets out of it. This was, yeah, it was, it was February of 2009. I'm almost certain of the year. We're standing outside. Folks had already arrived, and we're smoking cigarettes, and we see um, Nick's cat, Burzum, leaping through the snow in some great haste. And this is an indoor-outdoor cat. You know, we don't really think much of him going inside or outside, even in the dead of winter, you know, jumping from foothold to foothold through this expanse of uh, snow. We're seeing him make some great haste and, you know, shuffling along behind him is the largest possum I had ever seen in my life. You know, we had seen, you know, much, much disgusting fauna um, being night people who spent a good portion of our early 20s in, in various dumpsters at, at uh, you know, between like midnight and four in the morning. You know, there's all kinds of urban wildlife that reaches mammoth sizes, and this was the biggest. I see it in whatever slow shuffling pursuit of Burzum, and in my mind, it seemed that it was out for blood, wanted to eat Burzum, was probably a rabbit, and was you know, in the process of cornering this much more agile animal. Obviously you can see some of this is not true. But to my mind at the time, absolutely true and correct. 
So, primary mission in mind is uh, to protect this beautiful animal that is my my good friend's cat. Yeah, I, I, I did I did in fact call it a primordial fucking beast and ran off to the basement to go find Nick because he's done a lot of LARPing and that sort of thing. You know, so I figured he might be the, the guy to go to for uh, medieval weaponry. So I run inside and find, find Nick and I, you know, ask him, hey, do we have like a, like a spear or a halberd or something with reach? I need something with reach. He says, well, no, 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 we don't. So, you know, true to his story, I spent the next, you know, three to five minutes rummaging around this basement where I happened to find a machete, a broom, and some duct tape. So I, I ran out into the snow and, you know, Burzum is, is sitting in a tree at this point, and the possum is nearby the tree, so it kind of, you know, clued into my head that I was doing the right thing. So I run after this possum, and, um, you know, it's just kind of, you know, haunched down camping out, and it sees me and hisses, and I ended the entire encounter with three three blows of the possum. Even in my drunken state, I know a little bit about basic anatomy and I wanted to end this thing quick, so when I actually later on skinned it, there were two puncture marks that went through that hit both the lungs and the heart. So any amount of guilt I might have about um, causing an animal suffering, I you know, feel a little bad about it, but it's it ended quickly. It was the next morning, I remember my evening promise, so I, I get to work skin that thing. And I got a complete pelt, and I got, um, you know, most of the meat shaved off the skull. I was planning on doing something with that skull and doing something with that pelt, and it turned out that, you know, I, I did leave it for quite a long time. I think the actual amount of time was a month and a half to two months before somebody went searching in there, you know, looking for something to eat and found instead a possum <laughs> skull and a pelt and threw it out. Which was a wise decision. If I hadn't done anything about it in the subsequent month and a half, I wasn't ever going to do anything about it. So I can't claim responsibility for the condemning of that, uh, that, that freezer. Which is where our stories differ in yeah, a couple of ways. Very curious. Yeah. Personally, I think that um, there is enough disgusting things over a, a lifetime of that refrigerator that it should have never been in the house in the first place. But, you know. Did you feel bad the next day? Did you? I did. I did. Um, because then afterwards, I, you know, went and researched a bit and I found out that. Uh, possums have too low of a blood blood temperature to ever actually get rabies. It it cannot survive in their bodies the the virus. So that theory was out. They don't catch and kill live prey, especially not as large as a cat. If anything, um, birds were probably antagonizing the possum, which had you know may have had a litter somewhere nearby. And you know, Mama Possum was doing the the, the best thing she possibly could at the time, which was trying to drive off this cat. I think there's a third fact in there, but I forget right now. Um, and it is interesting to think about the six years later about the things that I forgot about the story. And yeah. the major one was that I had forgotten totally about the participation of my own cat in this. Oh, yeah. And it is kind of funny because, I mean, this is we're talking about the cat that literally, and I saw this moment with my own eyes, jumped out of a pine tree about six, seven feet up and rode a full-size crow to the ground and then killed it and ate the good parts. 
He's seven now. I still have him. He's in wonderful <laughs> health. Um, he kills everything that moves. Um, that, I mean, the, the rabbits, Jesus Christ. While most of what we recount and choose to share about our memories in the past seems to just refer to a specific event or a short snippet of a bygone timeline, I got the sense that they weren't just recalling a past occurrence, but remembering their former selves, retelling their stories from their current perspective, but originally filtered and referring to who they used to be. Did you feel, did you feel like that the people that were there were kind of... Judging us? Judging you? For, I mean, like, I know you said they were kind of, like, excited and partying, but... Yeah. I mean, when you actually killed it, were people like, oh, that's too much, man? I have, no. I have two answers for this. <laughs> the first was that that was everybody's reaction to us all the time anyway. We were not, you know... We were not normal in any sense of the word. Like this was a very unique destination, a very unique group of people that would hang out there, and there was always some sort of strange behavior going on. Like you couldn't even, you couldn't boil it down to a norm. Like, oh, that's the one time when you know Eldrin killed the possum. Like, that's not really any different from other times when this shit happened. No. Yeah. Thank God for growing up. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so my message to the kids is that um, possums are beautiful animals. They do not, they do a wonderful service. They, they eat carrion. They, uh, you know, like they're, they're one of nature's hardest workers uh, when it comes to uh, eating, eating your garbage, eating the world's garbage. They, um, they, they act tough, but they really, they don't have anything. They're not harmful creatures. You're much more likely to get harmed by, uh, you know, a raccoon or you know your your family dog than you are. This uh, cat seems pretty. Yeah, the the cat <laughs> could easily, uh, especially if you're. I can have no compunction saying that name on tape. Yeah. So anyway, kids, don't kill woodland animals. They are very important. We share this planet with them. We share our neighborhoods with them because we they were there. They were there first. And especially uh, we share our garbage with them. We share our garbage with them. And everything that you don't take out of the garbage, because remember kids, waste is bad. Like don't, don't waste things. And when you see someone else, you know, a fellow human waste things, it is your duty as a upright standing human to take from them what they have thrown away. It's a special bond between, you know, humans and the possums that eat their garbage. Absolutely. It should be fucked with. You know, I, I've actually, you know, uh, I've taken the possum as a totem because of, of you know, both the, 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 the guilt that I feel about it and the fact that I, I, I find them to be admirable animals. Um, much, they're, they're, they're worthy of our emulation. And now, to the party story. Before we started recording this section, I could tell that Eldred was getting a little bit nervous. He seemed ashamed for his part in the action, though, as you will see, he was hardly the most morally questionable character involved. Nick reassured him of that, and I felt like I was sitting among friends who, in a way, had each other's backs. Or each other's past backs. You know, some good, old-fashioned, back-to-the-future back-having.
sure to keep that in. Actually, you know what? It was yesterday because I just saw Shannon's birthday on Facebook as being oh, yesterday. So wow. literally, it's been eight years since yesterday. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, I was 19 at the time. I was 19. So um, I must have been about 21. Yeah. Because uh, you were buying, buying, buying beer for Oh, yeah. So I, I show up and there's a, a keg in the kitchen. Um, and so I'm milling about the king, um, you know, trying, trying to get, trying to get like my first beer in. And, um, this guy who I, I hadn't met up to that point in time, but you know, other folks knew this guy named Goat Lord, um, comes up to me and, you know, says, what's going on faggot? And I was, was really taken aback. I kind of ignored him because I didn't, I didn't, you know, know this guy. I don't start fights. And at that point in time, I had never been in a fight. And I was just like, okay, what the fuck ever, fuck off. He kept on, but I was trying to be bigger about it and just ignore him because my friends were there and I wanted to have a good time. It's worth mentioning that from my dim recollection at least, Goat Lord was the person who was distributing the acid and that he had already done plenty of it himself, which may have contributed towards his aggressive behavior and his lack of, you know, coordination when yeah. fighting dude here, so. Entirely possible. I left the kitchen, was milling about in the living room, talking to the other folks, and, you know, drinking my beer, and he he follows me out to the living room. And, you know, it's at that point, just kind of like standing across the room, just screaming faggot over and over and over again. I, you know, like nod to the person I'm talking to and say, excuse me for a minute. I walk over to him, I throw my beer in his face, and I start throttling him. It was you know, a bit of a judo tussle for a little bit. I would I would throw him on the ground and then kind of back off and like, if he wanted to get up again, he would get up. I'm not gonna go into like a detailed fight story because Jesus, it was eight years ago. I threw him down the floor a couple more times and then finally, um, Magda picks him up and like drags him out of, of the kitchen. She was laying down the lawn. Um, and drags him out of the party and that's where my interaction with the story basically ends. You know, the party continued as is for the next maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, and then all hell breaks loose. There was this one girl who had arrived on a freight train that day with her boyfriend, and they were having a fight. They'd been having a fight since, you know, they got into town in the afternoon, and she wanted to make him jealous, and so she starts hitting on Goat Lord at the very beginning of the party. The problem with this was that when she, when Goat Lord got ejected from the party by Magda and like dragged outside and like she's trying to calm him down, this girl has, you know, has convinced herself that she's like friends with Goat Lord already. And so she starts yelling at Magda and defending Goat Lord without any idea of what he just did inside, like calling people faggots repeatedly and punching them, etc., etc. Magda is all, is already tripping because she got some of this before. And she's like, okay, fuck this shit. Like this girl who is staying here because she wouldn't shut up about how she was staying in her house is, you know, is fucking with me, is getting in my face. And that just kind of pushed her over the edge. Well, she comes into the house. I haven't been outside at all. I've been in the house chatting with my friends and drinking the entire time. She comes in the house and is like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, who, who lives here? I'm like, I live here. She's like, 
okay, well, like, fuck you. I'm like, no, fuck you. So she fucking punches me in the face, and I push her down the stairs into the basement. Oh my god. Actually, sorry, I should back up. See, this is what, you know, eight years does to you. She had been breaking our windows. She had been going and hit, and she had, like, a, a table like or something, and she would broken every single window on the first floor of our house by running around it from the outside. I'm like, who's the bitch that's breaking our windows? And she's like, blah, 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 you're harboring people. I'm like, fuck you, and I throw her down the stairs. And Wait, has she been pepper sprayed by this point? Because I think... Oh, yeah, that's right. She had been pepper sprayed. Yeah. Because the girl who was defending Goat Lord had fucking maced her already. Oh, and yeah. that's, that may have accounted for why she was so pissed. The funny part of this is that I had, I had signed up to do a, uh, a LARP, a, a live-action role-playing game, uh, in State Park the next day. And I was like, fuck this. I'm, you know, I'm, I may be still tripping on acid because I had about four hits from one little drop. And sleep-deprived, and I got in a fist fight, but nothing's going to stop me. And I did terribly. I was, I was seeing, you know, patterns rise from the grass. I was exhausted. That was the longest LARP I ever played. About, I don't know, maybe a month or two later, uh, this crazy looking, this crazy looking gnarly pirate looking dude shows up at our house. And um, I had made a few ill-advised statements. And he's like, where's Nick? And I'm like, I'm Nick. Eventually, about, and I shouldn't say eventually because it was about 30 seconds later, <laughs> while he's like getting up his fucking courage to like beat me up or whatever, my roommate Shannon, who had the birthday party in the first place, shows up and she's like, dude, you know, I forget his name, but she's like, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, what? You live here? And we ended up actually letting the guy who was supposed to like stab me and he had knives on him. We let him stay in our basement for a week. And that's pretty much it. It's interesting how the first story was something that we were both both uh, basically around for most of it together, mm -hmm. but we have different you know recollections. Whereas this, I mean, I'm not gonna say that either of our recollections are perfect, but we were just there for two different parts of it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I had no idea what was going on, which is what created my reaction that I was so angry and like, what the hell is going on? Like, right. if I had known that like there was this fight and there was goat lore and there was this jealousy thing, like, I would have tried to calm people down. But the first I knew about it was somebody was breaking all the windows in my house. Yeah. But yeah, it is pretty funny to say Elder here is like the Gavrilo Prince of East Johnson circa 2007. The what? You know, the guy, <laughs> the guy who shot Ferdinand. Oh, God, yeah. You know, the, <laughs> the butterfly that, that beat his deadly wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less. You know, I don't think that um, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, um, there's a lot of things as far as my youth that I regret, um, and you know, like it, it. I suppose that uh, you know other folks made worse decisions in their time, you know, and um, it's by pure luck, you know, and you know, fate and circumstances that things didn't go worse in a lot of these situations. Um, but um, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot to. Um, you know, these stories that I'm not exactly proud of, but, you know, they happen, we survive them, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't regret anything. I think that's a fairly useless emotion. Sure. Yeah. But I just wonder why the hell I did some things, why a lot of us did things, like the cultural context that we created for ourselves was entirely insane a lot of the time. Like, yeah. 
things we thought were really important were insane, but that's that's growing up, I guess. All of our friends are pretty scattered to the four winds, like, but, you know, once a year we'll see each other at Thanksgiving or Christmas or something, and yeah, this stuff will come up. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, this is, a lot of this, this stuff is just so, um, so much water on the bridge that it's like, why, why bother telling it? Right, it's a foundational text, I and mean, people will, re will refer to it. Like, yeah, they yeah. Want, um, well that's it thanks so much for listening to the first ever episode of memory foam thank you to eldred and nick for sharing their stories with us this episode was produced by myself and will lemkule editing also by will lemkule Music from the Possum Story is by Ever Ending Kicks. You can find more music by Ever Ending Kicks at everendingkicks.bandcamp.com. Music was also by Rose, aka Will Lemkule, aka Will Lamecool. Special thank you to Alejandra Perez for our logo. Thank you to my fans. I'll never forget you. Please remember, this was our very first episode. So if there's anything you didn't like, don't worry, we won't do it again. If there's anything you did like, don't worry, we'll do it more. If you would like to be on Memory Foam, please feel free to email us at memoryfoampodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode will be out soon, and we already have a bunch of exciting episodes recorded and in the works, so keep listening.